to the Abundant Woman virtual event. I am so incredibly thankful that you are here with us today. And today we're going to hit a hard topic, but such a needed and grace-filled topic, right? And so I want to know, do you feel like you're stuck in patterns of maybe you're hiding from God or patterns of sin? Do you feel like you've never fully received God's grace and forgiveness in your life or his love? Like you have not fully, you can't fully receive it. This is what my friend Paige and I are talking about today. And so you have to watch the entire thing. It's incredible. And Paige is a proud Kansas City girl where she lives with her husband and three children. She's a published author, speaker, business owner, and homeschooling mama. She's passionate about helping people experience and live in the same freedom that she has found in Christ and building strong kingdom connections amongst her sisters in Christ. Welcome, Paige. Thank you so much. Oh, thank you so much for having me. It's so exciting to be with like-minded people. Anytime I get to have conversations with women like you, I'm encouraged, uplifted. I, I get filled up by it. So I appreciate the um, the open door, the open opportunity, and I'm I'm glad to be here with you. Yeah. Thank you. I love you. And if you haven't, Paige has an episode on the podcast. So if you haven't checked that out, then go listen to that, but we're going to dig right in. And so Paige, I want to know what was the personal encounter that you had with Christ that sort of launched all of this really? Okay. Yes. You know, you're my type of girl because I really do. I do like just getting right into it. I tell people all the time, like I can't do shallow waters. You know, I like, I like the deep end and I, I like to just dive right on in. So, um, if you've read any of my books or if you have the chance to read them in the future, just know that I am, I am kind of like that. I don't really play around. So, um, so this story is personal and it is vulnerable. Um, I'm going to be as candid as I, I feel like I need to be and as I can, because I know that that helps, um, so many people to not feel alone in their struggles. And so, um, a couple things that I need to lay out to help you understand the story for one, I grew up in church. Okay. So I had a very clear understanding of what was right and what was wrong and what was expected of a good Christian girl. Um, but I also grew up with trauma and I had some negative experiences in my life that taught me things um, and exposed me to things that were were not great. And so um, pretty early on, I grew up with a single mom. She raised three kids on her own. But with that being said, it was a lot of abandonment issues that I was facing because my father left. Um, that was that was probably the beginning and the biggest uh, trajectory for some of these things, him not being present, wasn't just abandonment, but a lack of protection from some of the things that I encountered. And so, you know, getting exposed to uh, sexual things at a young age, um, viewing por pornography accidentally, like, you know, falling upon it um, and some other things that I'll get to in a second. Um, but um, basically being exposed to this whole culture of sexuality at a really young age. And I just, um, I, I, I came by it in my, from my perspective, from my view naturally. Okay. So that's where I am. I'm, I'm this girl. I grew up in church, but you know, behind closed doors in my mind, I'm this, you know, sexual deviant. That's always had this, this, this thing in me that drove me. Um, it led me to making what I 
thought at the time were poor decisions. Um, but, you know, in hindsight, looking back, you know, I was 14 years old. I was taken advantage of by my best friend's older brother. Um, that was how, you know, I lost my virginity and experienced that for the first time. And that was trauma. The, the, the surroundings of that was, was very traumatic, very sad, very painful, led me straight into though, instead of kind of recoiling back from that, um, a life of promiscuity, um, several other, um, traumatic experiences, um, that I I've had to heal from and dig into, but. So let's fast forward. That's kind of like my life as a teenager. I was like the epitome of like, I go to church camp in the summer. I try really hard to be a good girl, but by, you know, September, you know, uh, 26th, I've already made a mistake and I'm back in the cycle and back in the pattern. And that's not who I wanted to be, but it was unfortunately like who I was. I get out of high school and I finally find like some positive associations some people that I can surround myself with and be in a positive bubble. And, um, and so I could live my life right. Okay. But what that was, was a lot of self-effort. Okay. I was in a place of I'm surrounded by good people so I can finally stop being so bad or making so many bad decisions. So it was less of the partying, less of the drinking, less of the promiscuity, but it was a lot of the hidden in the secret, hidden in the dark stuff that was still festering underneath it all. Um, I got married at a young age. I um, met a godly man and we waited until our wedding day, which was like, oh my gosh, I have cured my, you know, sexual issues. I waited until I was married to have sex with this man. Like everything's going to be great. Um, I have done the right thing and God is going to reward me. And then all of the issues from my past, um, they remained actually, I felt like the, um, sexual rug got torn out from underneath me. And then I was no longer, um, able to feel the same emotions. I wasn't as drawn to it. And I almost went numb in an interesting way. And so I had to work through some of that and go through some of that. So what happened? I, I had this moment where long story short, I followed a, a trail of clickbait that led me to, after a couple years of being good and doing the right thing and ear, ear gate, eye gate, you know, watch these two things, self-effort page, um, being good. Um, this, this trail of clickbait led me into, um, this place where one night I, I went down the rabbit hole of this, um, this sexual pattern that I had been in in the past, this lustful thoughts, lustful, um, images. And, um, you know, that issue with pornography came up and, and it was just like, all of a sudden I was in this deep, dark hole again. And, um, it's the scripture in Romans seven, um, that I want to, that I want to hit on right here. Um, it's scripture that says for what I want to do, I do not, but what I hate I do. And I was caught in that moment. It was like, I I was like, I had done so good for so long and I was back at square one and all of the self-hatred just came filling into my heart, into my soul. And I was over, completely overcome by it. And it was the next day was church and I was, I swore I wasn't going to go, but you know, I couldn't lie to my husband and say I had a headache. And so I went to church and, um, that day changed my entire life. My entire view of who God was 
how much he loved me and what he actually did on the cross. Um, uh, we were in pre-service prayer. Like that's how good, good of a girl I had been. You know, I even attended pre-service prayer. My goodness. Couldn't you keep your act together? <laughs> you know, like, um, but I'm at pre-service prayer and it was the first time I ever heard the song come out of hiding by Stephanie Gretzinger. Mm -hmm. And I was, let me tell you, like, I can remember my body can feel that moment. Um, I was an, I was an invited to the garden and I was invited to a conversation with God about what he wanted and how jealous he was for my affection, my attention. And all of, all of a sudden this concept came boiling to the surface and it was that he didn't really care about my sin. In fact, he was so unbothered by it. And this is countercultural to most Christians. Most Christians, most people build sermons and, and their church and their ministry around getting people not to sin or just sin itself and um, what it is and not to do it. And here I was encountering this, this savior that was telling me like, I have already overcome that. Like, yeah. why do you think I care so much about something that I have already overcome? So you are standing here completely swept up in what you did the night before, thinking you're all the way back to ground zero and you're the scum of the earth and you're this, this nasty, nasty girl who can never get her act right. And I'm sitting here telling you, like, I have already overcome your sin. and then I'm, I'm, I'm like, what do you want then? And it was that invitation in that song, but from God in that moment saying, come out of hiding, stop yeah. responding by hiding. Why are you hiding? You know? And so then I, 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 I went into service and that was the first day I got asked to pray over other people. And I'm like, why today of all days? And it's like, it's not about you and it's not about sin. It's about me and it's about relationship and it's about helping other people feel what you're feeling right now in this moment, which is a closeness to me, you know? So then I do this deep dive and I'm, I'm reading in, I've, you know, you grow up in church. How many times have you heard the story of Adam and Eve? Right. right. And I'm sitting there reading the story of Adam and Eve and God's showing me, like, I asked several questions, but the first wasn't, what did you do? Mm -hmm. Right. He didn't say, what did you do? You know, how, you know, when you're a, when you're a, a mom or a dad and you walk into a room and you can see it, it's all <laughs> over the room. You're like, what did you do? Um, <laughs> that's not God though. He walks into the garden and he says, where are you? Yeah. And then he says, who told you you were naked? Because the two things he wanted to address was the fact they were hiding from him and covering up like he couldn't see, like he didn't know. Like, first of all, he knows where you're at. <laughs> Second yeah. of all, he knows why you're covering up. But those are the two primary focuses for him because it though that was the separation. The separation from him was not the sin. It was the response. The separation was the hiding. The separation was the covering up, the shame, the guilt, everything that manifests after that. So I'm telling you, I'm telling you that I had struggled and it makes me emotional because I, I can connect with anybody that does something over and over again that they don't want to do. And I was like, 
why can't I get this right? Why can't I stop doing this? Why can I be good for so long? And then I, like that, it's right back there and I'm right back in it. Like, why can I get over this and be, why can't I overcome it myself? You know, like, why am I not strong enough of a Christian? I've had so many people pray for me. I've prayed over myself. Why? And yeah. uh, after that moment, um, it was like, I stopped throwing myself into the mud, into the muck, into the mire if I made a mistake. And when I put less emphasis on it, it's like it happened a few times more, but there was, so, it was so much more. It was like a quick responding by running to my father and laying myself at his feet and uncovering everything and saying, I don't want this anymore. And when something is not this dark, secret lurking in the shadows anymore it loses its power yeah the enemy the enemy's like well that doesn't work anymore and i'm telling you what it just hasn't been a part of my life since then and it was it was so daunting i thought i would live with it forever and i'm telling you i've been free of it for so long and i just had to find a way to communicate that to other people I want other people to experience that freedom. And maybe yours is not as dark as mine. Maybe it's not the sexual sin and this lust and, oh, Paige, you're, you know, all this. But, you know, there was there was so much to that. And there, there's there's um, some roots that I had to uncover. You know, I went and I went and found some things out and we can talk about that a little bit more. Um, but, you know, it doesn't have to be that that destructive or that deep or that dark, but what are the things that, you know, you just keep in a repetitive cycle of like, what are those things? Are you constantly negative? Are you constantly um, gossiping? Are you constantly judging others, envious of others? And you don't want to feel that way, but it still remains right there. Well, well, how do you respond when, when you step into that place? You know, like, are you responding by running to the father or are you hiding? Are you covering up? And I mean, this, this revelation just, it, it completely changed my life. There's so much goodness in that because Paige, I feel like this message and your experience, your encounter is completely counter culture, even in the yeah. Christian world, right? Like just stop sinning, stop taking the drugs, stop gossiping, yeah. just stop doing it. And that. Yeah even as a parent, like, that's not what I want. I don't want my kid to just do it on their own strength and magically stop yeah. because they don't feel good enough. Right. Instead, yeah. I want them to come to me and I'll help them and I'll, well, I'll go to the father, but you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And so friends, as you're listening to this, definitely do fill in the gap. It yeah. can be something even, I, I see this so often that it's something from 30 years ago or 10 years ago, or it's something from your past that you've even just hidden. And it might not be that it's a trigger for you or you fall into it again, but it's also not walking in complete freedom because it's hidden yeah. in the back closet. Like it's in the attic. You know yeah. what I mean? And so, I, yes, I love that. I mean, that leads me right into what I wanted to say. It's like, okay, so where did it start? Because I had this lie. It was like a banner over me for my, my adolescence. It's like, Paige, you're just a sexual person. You know, you're just a sexual person, Paige. So like, that's just, you're driven by that. And I just thought that was so unfair. Like, why, why did you give me this label? Like, why am I like this? 
And so when I, when I stepped into this season of this revelation, I just felt like God had so much um, healing for me. And he invited me to look into my past and I, I wanted to know why I was like this. And so, you know, in church, you are told, okay, you know, put in a set of uh, steps to keep you from making mistakes. And that just, it was no longer suitable. It didn't work for me anymore. And then I also heard um, repetitively, and this is no, this is, it's, it's never intentionally done to hurt or harm or cause people not to seek healing, but it's like, don't look back. You're not going there. You know, it's almost teaching people that if they look back to their past, then they're dwelling and they're a victim. And, um, that just was no longer serving the woman that I wanted to become because I was not able to heal. So I look back into my past and I allow God to start revealing things to me. And I, I uncover some, some very deeply repressed memories. And I begin to see like, um, some, some things that I was taught by a neighbor girl and, um, the moments of exposure for that, like I said, some, some of the things that I was exposed to, but when you're taught this pattern, um, this sexual cycle, when you're taught, uh, shown, you know, pornographic material, when you're, you're taught, um, just horrible things when you're six, seven years old, and then you just kind of cover that up with, with just the rest of the things that happen in your life, or you just step into this place where, okay, well, you know, I'm, I'm living in this promiscuity now. Well, these are just bad decisions that I'm making. Well, there was so Mm -hmm. much built up to that. So I was able to go back and be with that little girl and say like, this is not who you are. And this is not your fault. And you shouldn't have been shown this. You shouldn't have been exposed to this. You shouldn't have been taught that. And Mm -hmm. so I healed my, my, my inner child and I healed this grown woman that was so disgusted with who she was all in the same time, because I had the, the audacity to look back and how many people are sitting in churches and, um, my gosh, you know, they, you know, people will be in places of such pain and have no, um, solutions. And so then they leave and then they're labeled backslider, you know, and, um, they're just hurting and they need to heal. And if that's ever been you, or if you've experienced that, maybe, maybe you are truly a healed and whole person. I invite you to really think about this conversation because there are people in your life that are not, Mm -hmm. there are your life that are struggling with habitual sin or addiction, and they have no idea how to break the cycle and you have no idea how to help them, you know? And so we see people leave the church and it's like, um, they're considered like the weaker species and they're just not getting the help that they need. They're not getting the compassion. They're not being shown the face of God and who he really is and what he did for us. Yeah. And so what, Let's talk about that a little bit, because what does that look like? Like what, maybe I am that person that is stuck in this habitual sin or this habitual habit or either, or, or I have the attic space that's hiding everything. How do, like, what's my first step to get healing and to, you know, take care of it? Well, okay. So it's all about identity, knowing who you are in him and knowing who he is, the identity of the father. 
So many people have no idea who God is. So one, your identity, you are God's, you Mm -hmm. are beloved. You are his chosen. You are um, what he died for. You're his prized possession. So that's what you are, right? Well, even if you know that, but you don't know the true character of God, you're still going to lack having that true identity because if you don't know who God is, then how can you fully know who you are and how restored and whole and healed you are, how held you are, how loved you are. So God and his character, and he began to show me encounter after encounter after encounter of him showing up for people in this way, these broken, these broken people. He led me even to the story of Judas, which is so, Mm. so crazy because it's such an interesting thing. It's like uh, to Christians, Judas is the enemy, you know, Judas is the worst of the worst, you know, he's the worst backslider, like get him out of here. Um, but he was showing me this, this story and helping me to see that he was given the same opportunity. He was offered the very same thing, having, you know, God knowing what he would do, the betrayal that he, that he would, um, you know, put out there, like what he did to betray his son, like he knew it was coming. He knew what it would lead to all of that, but he still offered him his body. So I, I, I talk about that because it's important to know that you read all of these stories all of the time and you don't really read them. You don't stop and you don't digest. Yeah. Um, the fact of the matter is Judas was present when Jesus offered communion. Yeah. He offered the man who would betray him, his body or his blood. Now there's not the biblical proof or account of whether he took it or not, but the reality is he was offered that. Mm-hmm. So you need to understand the character of our father is that deepest, darkest level of betrayal. He still offers his body and his blood. He offers to you or to anyone around you that you feel like is unredeemable. He still offers that redemption. And so what, so what could have Judas done different? And it's so crazy because it's like, do you ever, have you ever thought about that? Have you ever thought about this man that went and ended ended his life? Well, what if he responded differently? What if his response was to follow the, what if his response was to follow with all of the people to the cross? And what if he sat at the foot of the cross and he wept for what he had done? Like, what if he sat at the cross and he was there when the last drop of blood was spilt and, and he was under the cross when he said it is finished what would have happened? And can you look at Judas with such empathy? Can you, can you relate? Can you become that, the person in in that moment that's in so much need of God's grace? And um, we never look at that. We never look at the fact that Judas didn't have to die. He died because he didn't respond to his sin in the correct way. He Mm -hmm. died he ran and he hid and then it was like story after story in the bible that was being uh you know just highlighted to me of of jesus showing up with such compassion to people that are in the worst in the very worst of their sin and offering everything that he offers wholeheartedly to everyone without discrimination 
And um, man, I'm this like this was so it's so exciting for me because I felt like after, you know, however many years, 20 plus years, I finally understood the gospel of Jesus. Yeah. Crazy, a crazy yeah. concept. Like we're, we're focused on the wrong. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like we're just, we're focused on the wrong things and um, yeah, just being able to. So, so that step, that step for you, my friend is to fully understand that if you can take this lens and put it on and reread the gospels, it will change your perspective. It will help you understand who Jesus is. And we are, especially if you're, if you're living this life and you are absolutely, absolutely in love with God and you want to spread his message, you want to spread the gospel. And it's like, almost like you don't know how to get people out of that. It's like, love them well, offer what Jesus was offering, but help them understand like so many people will sit down with somebody and like, let's talk about your issues. Let's talk about what you're doing wrong. And you know, you could do this, this, and this, and you should start doing this, this, and that, and you should pray about it. And you should, you know, get to church and, uh, or so many people don't go to church because they're like, I have to get X, Y, Z in a row. And it's like, no, like we are supposed to come to the father as we are. And he just wants relationship. He, he wanted in the garden to walk with you in the cool of the day and talk to you and be in relationship with you. And people look at sin, not the separation. And I think that's, I think that's the problem. I think that's how you need to reframe your lens and start looking at the gospel and reading the gospel through that lens and understand going forward, how to communicate that because there is freedom, true freedom waiting for people. And 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 we have the obligation to help share that once you've experienced it, once it's eclipsed you, it's, it, it is for freedom that he set me free. So once this freedom eclipsed me, it was like, I have to communicate this to people because they're focused on the wrong thing. Yeah. And we see so many people hearing this, like, I don't, what is it called? A ball and chain, I guess, like this, I just picture yeah. like that thing and yeah. then it's attached to them. And they think they've gotten rid of it, or they think that they're doing good enough that nobody will see it. But really, like, I know Paige's heart is this, you've heard it. And mine is too, is like, let's chop off the bit. Let I will help you get rid of the bondage. I will help you get rid of the slavery. Like, and the enemy uses all of that. Like he uses your ball and chain to throw it back at you. You know what I mean? And so it's, it's a different freedom. It's not a freedom of striving, right? It's not a freedom of if I do this checklist, my Christian checklist, I will yeah. get into heaven better or faster or whatever people think. But yeah. it's the invitation that he wants with you, the intimacy he wants with you. And I love that you said identity in yourself, which yes, but an identity in Christ, because if we don't know his characteristics, it doesn't matter if we know that we're God's girl. Like you went to church. I go to, like, we went to church, right? And we still messed up thinking yeah. like, God's yeah. girl, I'm good. He's going to forgive me. I know this, yeah. but if I see God as a dictator or as an authoritarian or like a mean God, then I'm not running to the father so I can get spanked. And don't get me wrong. Like 
God is just, <laughs> God is righteous. And there are sometimes yeah. natural consequences for our sin. But yeah, if that's the lens that we're viewing our God at, then we're not, our heart isn't to run to him. Our heart isn't to give right. him all of our stuff. It's to hide it. And so I think yes. somewhere along the way that got lost in translation and it should be the first thing we learn about God. Like, yes, he sent his son to die for us. But then, okay, right after that, the second thing is, who is this God that would do that for us? How right. How can I love him more? You know, what does that look right. like? And yeah, I definitely think if women knew that, then we would, we'd be walking around without our ball and chains, free as free can yeah. be. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just completely um, overwhelmed with the concept of like, he really wants to be in relationship with you. Like you are so wonderful to him. He's obsessed with you. He, he wants, he wants everything about you to be like, he wants that. It's like, he's obsessed with every little detail. It's like, you know, when you look at your babies, when you look at your kids and you're like, oh my gosh, like obsessed with you. You're so awesome. You know, like everything, even when you, like when my chubby little three month old baby toots, you know, I'm like, wow, that's so cute. You're so cute. That's how God feels about us. Like he's obsessed with us. And somewhere along the line, we were like, oh, Eve, you know, she ruined it for all of us. We are these forbidden creatures that we, we mess things up and we have this sin nature to us. And, um, you know, I, I'm just here to say like, can we just focus on the relationship? Can you understand that he sent his son to die for our sins? And when he died on the cross, he said, it is finished. Not, not the death itself. He wasn't announcing I'm dead. He was saying sin is finished. What I came to do is now done. And so why are, why are we, why are we doing it in his face all the time? You know, it's, it's, it's having a, having a father that's a mathematician and um, sitting at the table with a math problem in front of you and um, thinking for some reason you need to solve it yourself. And for some reason, he's going to be really, really frustrated trying to help you solve it. And it's like, he has already solved the problem. Like, um, just go, go to your dad, you know, he's going to help you with that. It's pretty simple. Um, he's already overcome it. So, um, and th that's what we do. We do it every single day. We, we look at our father, um, and, and we hide away the thing that he has already overcome for us. So there's so much left to the relationship aside from sin, but how many Christians have lived and died by by trying not to sin alone. Gosh, and what a shame that is, you know? Your life is so much more and the relationship with God is so much more than trying to be right and do right. It's it's trying to be in his presence, hear his voice, feel his affection for you. That's the freedom that you can be in. You want to you want a deeper relationship with Jesus? Stop thinking that he can't overcome your issues. Stop thinking that he hasn't already. And, um, stop letting shame and guilt cover you up like fig leaves and, um, step out, step out of, you know, come out of hiding. You know, it might be a good step one. I say this in my book, go listen to that song. Yeah. Um, it'll, it, if you are in that place where you're still holding on to some things and you're hiding, 
Um, it's an invitation. I'll tell you, it is a God breathed inspirational song. That is an invitation to walk with him again, again in the garden to restore, to restore what he wanted all along. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I love Stephanie. <laughs> um, yeah. I think that I could, we could talk about this for hours because there's so many things that you said that I'm like, that's a mic drop and fire and right there. Um, but that is, I think we forget that. And so sister friends that are watching, I want you to hear Paige that what she just said in that there's so much beyond the religion, the legalism, but also the sin. There's so much more with God like sanctification and walking and loving him more. And your only job is to fall more in love with him. Like that process, that journey in relationship is there's so much more to it. And so when we stop at like the five yard line, there's that much of the football field left to go. And he wants to do it with you, you know, yeah. I just, yeah. yeah. And that's heartbreaking to think. Like when you said that, I was like, man, yes. And then it's heartbreaking to think that we are stuck at the five yard line and we just don't know any better and we don't have the right tools or people to come and get us back yeah. in sync with him. Yeah, it's um it's heartbreaking, but it's like with the with the same like you flip the other side of the coin and it's like, but there's hope, you know? Yeah. And I'm excited because I feel like this message is is just beginning for me. I I believe that this is going to be a huge, um, a huge message message that I carry for the for the rest of my life, and it 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 fills me with hope because I know I know what it feels like. Yeah. I know what it feels like to go to be a faithful church attender, to love God with all my heart, and still be hiding, mm -hmm. and I feels like to finally come out of hiding and to be unashamed, to be able to speak candidly about the mistakes that I've made, um, about my sin, about all of the issues that I've had in the past and just have healing and restoration, um, just wash over me. And so, yeah, I, we want to help you get to that place and, and we want to help you. Okay. Take, let's take the next step into deeper healing. Even if you don't have these big traumatic things, right. Um, are you yeah. whole? Are you living in, in wholeness? Are you living in the community that you want with God? Like, are you walking daily with him at a deep level that makes you feel whole? And if you're not, then you can get there and yeah. that can be your focus. Yeah. So good. And thank you for being bold and being candid and sharing this story because one, it's so needed, but I think we also have a misconception that only men deal with this or only men deal with pornography or lust or those type of issues and women don't. And so there's even more shame or condemnation that gets placed on us because we're not supposed to deal with this. And studies would show you that that's not true. It's just, we don't talk about it as women as much. And then also, I think that combined with the freedom, like, and what I see the Lord, the Holy Spirit, like working sort of in different churches and like him moving yeah. and in deliverance and healing. Like, I just think it's so cool to sort of see what's happening. Like 
the not just getting saved, the the freedom and healing and deliverance sort of movement that I see spurring on, and it's being it's being delivered from this this all of these things. Fill in your blank with whatever you entered, and I am the church girl that yeah. like to say uh, you don't have to have trauma to have a testimony. So, like Paige said, if this isn't like if her story is polar opposite than yours, that's okay too. God still took you out of the grave. There was still something, whether it's just salvation or like gossiping. Hi, friends. Who's done that this week? Or um, anger or just not having the fruits of the spirit and you replace those with something else, right? There's always more and like intimacy that he wants with you. And so for those that are like, wait, my story isn't that, guess what? This still totally 100% applies for us too. Yeah, 100%. We all have our things. We all have the things that we struggle with. And, you know, the grace message is scary to a lot of people because um, it's just like I'm a business owner, right? And so as a leader in business, a lot of leaders are scared to, to teach or preach the message of rest because, you know, if they have people that they're in partnership with, then it's like, well, if I teach them rest, they're going to become lazy, right? Um, I, I can't subscribe to that because if God, you know, puts a message on my heart, I have to deliver that, right? And so it's, it transfers very easily into the message of grace. There's a lot of preachers that, you know, tread lightly, you know, some go too far with it um, and almost make it cool what, what people are living in, right? I yeah. have no intention of doing that, but I'm not afraid of the grace message because I, as someone who's come out of the grave, I know that the grace message doesn't say or give you a license to sin. It gives you a license to, to live in freedom and sin no more, go and sin no more. Right. And so, um, it doesn't, it doesn't, it's like acknowledging what what's there, the sin that's there. It acknowledges it 100%. It doesn't harp on it though. And it doesn't tell you how bad it is. It just says, oh yeah, I know what you're doing. You know, woman at the well, I know what you're doing. Like I know. Okay. So I need you to know that I know so that you can fully receive this message. Like I'm speaking to you. I'm coming to you in love and with grace. And you have to know that I know what you're doing or have done so that you can fully believe it. Um, and, but go forth and sin no more. And that is the message of grace. It, I know for myself that once I knew how, how good God's grace was and how many times it would wash over me and I would need it to wash over me, that didn't give me a license to continue. It took away the power. And when the power is taken away, it's just, it's just not a thing anymore. It's like it loses its appeal. It loses its, um, yeah, it loses its effectiveness. Yeah. And so just know that like the grace message is so good and it's like, it really is in its pure form going to set so many people free. Yeah. Yes. And amen. Okay, Paige, as we wrap up this conversation, I would love if you could just speak a word to the woman listening right now. Oh man. I always say Exodus 4, 12, um, God speak through me. I just want you to know 
how truly significant you are. I want you women to know that you are powerful, that you are beautiful, that you are wonderful, that you have so much within you um, to give out, to, to live out, and you don't have to you don't have to work so hard anymore. This is an invitation and I believe God is inviting you right now into a place of peace, shalom and rest in him. But that doesn't mean that you're not going to live out the dream of changing people's lives and um, recovering the lost and helping heal the sick and just being the incredible woman of God that you desire to be. I believe that you are going to be that woman. And I believe that this is a season for you to step into being that woman, but it is going to be far less work than you imagine. It's going to be far less of your self-effort of you trying to do everything right. If you trying to um, be perfect, do the perfect thing, say the perfect thing. And it's going to be so much more Holy Spirit inspired. I, I expect and I believe that you're going to receive the Holy Spirit right now at a higher level so that you can just move about freely as the woman that you are, who you are right now, who God created you to be, and that you're going to walk every day out just walking, lock in step with him in the garden, in the cool of the day, and let your shadow cast be the thing that heals other people around you. Just your essence, your being, your smile, your love, that hug you give the woman that you see tomorrow. You are the carrier of freedom in Christ. You are, you already are right now. And it doesn't matter what you've done or where you've been. You are that right now. And I just believe that's going to be activated in you. And you're going to be able to step into that. Um, in this season, you want to be closer to Jesus. Well, here he is. He's right here waiting for you. Let's step into that and step into the woman that you are supposed to be when you are walking hand in hand with your savior. Oh, let's go. <laughs> I should have had you do that at the beginning. So good. Thank you for that word. And yes, we receive it. Um, yeah. I don't want to end this conversation, but uh, you can get more of Paige and that she has so graciously given everyone who has signed up for this virtual event will get her three day devotional called Tend. You can drop or you can click on the links below. And so that is free for everyone. And then she's also uh, created a free workbook based on her book for the VIP. So friends, if you have not signed up for a VIP yet, please do so. Um, because you're going to want this especially, and so many other speakers have given such great items, but Paige, tell us about this that you created for us. Okay. So this workbook is a deeper dive. I like to be interactional in my, in my books. And so I, I do pose questions at the end of each chapter just to help people engage with the content, but there's so much, when you're writing a book, there's so much, you kind of have to condense um, in order to let to to let people digest it, right? And so I wrote yeah. this book, but there was so much more that I wanted to say about each chapter, about each topic. Like there was, and I'm in the like it's my excitement, you know. Like it's hard to contain and and put it in a capsule and put it in a book, right? And so um, this is just an opportunity for me, and I thank you, like thank you all. You know, this is an opportunity for me to dive even deeper into each of these topics. I might not hit on every chapter, um, but I really help you digest the full concepts that I'm trying to, that, that I'm trying to help you step into. When I tell you God is unbothered by your sin, um, to most Christians, that's like, whole, 
what, like, wait a minute. So this, um, this workbook is going to help you digest what I'm trying to say. I'm not just saying words to be counterculture. I'm trying to help you understand the heart and the character of God. And so this work workbook is going to help you so much with this, with this revelation so that you can receive it for yourself, but so that you can understand it better to help others understand it better and receive it for them. So so good. So good. Thank you, Paige, for sharing your story, for being brave, for carrying out this God-given message that he has given you and for sharing it with us. Thank you so much. Yes. Thank you so much. I, I appreciate you and your yes to God and your obedience in this. Mm -hmm.